Welcome to the Cloud Architects Podcast, a podcast about cloud, technology, and the people using it. The Cloud Architects Podcast is sponsored by Kemp Technologies. Choose Kemp to optimize your multi-cloud application deployments and simplify multi-cloud application management. A single pane of glass for application delivery, Kemp provides a 360-degree view of your entire application environment and even third-party ADCs. Download Kemp 360 for free today at kemptechnologies.com. Welcome to another episode of the Cloud Architects Podcast. You're here with myself, Nicholas Blank, and my co-host, Warren Detoy and Chris Gusen. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back. I missed, I missed the last recording and I'm really upset, but uh, it's good to be here. It is. It's. I mean, it's. A, it's another. You know, another Corona edition. I guess. Uh, ep- yes. Recording or episode of of the show, but uh, we're super excited today because uh, we have someone who I've been personally wanting to get on the show for a long time, and uh, someone whose work I've I've really enjoyed kind of watching over the last little bit, and I've used a lot of it myself. So uh, we have Lee Ford on the show. Lee, do you want to say hi? Hello, hello everyone. Uh, well, thank hi. you for joining us. Really appreciate it. It's uh, afternoon time for you guys in uh, the the three of you in in uh, Europe and in South Africa and morning here uh, in Texas. Um, Lee, do you want to tell the folks at home, those who don't know you, kind of who you are, what you do? Absolutely, yes. So my name is Lee Ford. Uh, I'm based in Birmingham in the UK. Um, I'm a solution architect uh, for a company called Simity, um, who predominantly are Microsoft 365 House. um, And I mainly work in the Teams part of Microsoft 365. And that's around migrating people from Skype for Business to Teams, uh, maybe helping with the um, sort of bits around the edges around automation and scripting and uh, application development. So it's kind of a, as you know, Teams is such a wide net these days compared to something like Skype for Business, where it was just sort of meetings, telephony and, 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 and IM. Now it's, yeah, it's it's pretty much the centerpiece of of Microsoft 365. So yeah, that's pretty much where I spend most of my time working. Awesome. Yeah, that's, um, you're right. It is, and it's getting wider, right? It's not just uh, where it was like six months ago or a year ago, and it just continues to improve and increase and get wider. And I noticed this week there was an announcement about some advanced licensing, which seemed to be ruffling some feathers, uh, which we could probably get into. Warren might have some some opinion on that. Um, But uh, so did, did you come from a, traditional like from the skype or link world or is teams kind of your kind of where you got into um working with i guess the that productivity stack yeah so so traditionally um i came from when i first started i, I did pbx's so uh, things like mytal and avaya pbx's um Oof, mytal wow. yeah what well, yeah a while ago now but uh that's kind of where You're a I scary phone guy yeah, I'm a scary friend. Yeah, you, you either come from Windows Server or you come from like telephones, and I came from the telephones uh, side. Um, so true. And and yeah, this new product link, or, well, it was OCS, I guess, came in, and people were like, oh, what's this scary new thing? Does anyone want to have a have a bit of a poke around and see what it is, if it's any good? Or and that was kind of it, really, from that point on. You know, I was just sort of that's where I wanted to be, um, and. You know that's many many years ago now, and yeah, so it's kind of been through the evolution of OCS Link, um, obviously Skype for Business uh, Server, and Skype for Business Online, and then obviously Teams is where we are now. So yeah, it's kind of been there a little while now, been doing it, but traditionally it was yeah a PBX, which 
does come in handy when you're doing PBX migrations and you know if they've got a PBX that you're familiar with, you go, oh great, yeah, I can I can help out here. It's to me that is so so your background is very, very similar to Greg Sheridan, who I think you know and who's a he's a yes. close close friend of mine. We worked together for many years um back in Australia. Very similar, but I think we're, what makes that awesome is that um, people coming from that voice background, when you look at a, an SBC or like a telephony gateway, you just go, yeah, this makes perfect sense to me. Whereas <laughs> for me coming from, you know, messaging background and, and the way like SMTP routing works, I log into an audio yeah. codes. I'm like, this stuff does not make any sense whatsoever to me. Right. Um, and so it's always interesting when I kind of need help on, on, you know, on a, on a Sonos or something or what, whatever they call themselves this week. Um, I call, I call Greg <laughs> for, for help, but then it works the other way as well. Right. He, you know, if he, if he has some DNS or some weird, you know, it's always DNS, but if he has some weird, yes. um, some weird thing that he likes to troubleshoot, then, you know, he'll ping me. And, and, and so we've had that kind of collaborative, relationship for a long time but it you know it's fascinating because i've never met anyone else who's come that far along out of that kind of pbx mitel world yeah no absolutely like you know i remember when i first started many many years ago over 20 years now it was um yeah running cables for telephones you know where i sort of first started you know and to, you know that just is unheard of now it's mm -hmm. it just seems yeah. such a such a far away thing really um, whereas now yeah, everything's virtual, you can work from home, you can work anywhere, and with coronavirus, it's uh, yeah, it's more than welcome, isn't it? Really. So. And those big cabling cabinets with those pairs, and you got that like hundred pair cable or four hundred yes. pair cable, and there was like literally, it was like this thick, and then you yeah, had absolutely. To find which cable. pair it was. To it was like and pro tone set, yeah, absolutely, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, I remember all that. I think I've probably still got the tools somewhere, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, every so often someone will go, oh, you know, I've got an old telephone line that needs moving or something like that. And uh, yeah, yep. you still, still always keep the tools just in case you need them. Hey, it's a, it's a super That's handy skill. That's why called the track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a super yeah. handy skill set. Um, I, that's... That's where I started, right? My 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 old man still does do uh, data data networks, and now it's he's moved away from like PBX stuff and phone cabling, right? But it's still data networking because obviously mm -hmm. all of the stuff runs off a of data backbone now um, and fiber. And I mean, I was you know I was in like primary school. Um, every every school holiday, that's what I was doing. I was pulling cables and terminating cabinets and stuff, right? And I think starting at that sort of very 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 ground level gives you a real appreciation of where we've gotten to now um so yeah that's that's super fascinating and i forget yeah. the point. oh i was gonna say it's a super handy skill set because now when i need a cat six drop in a room somewhere i'm like yeah i just do that it's good yeah right? absolutely yeah absolutely <laughs> i'm getting really good at fixing drywall holes now too because every time i need to do this i need to cut a hole in my wall and <laughs> so uh <laughs> so you drywall about... we've we've got bricks here yeah cement, i was gonna say most of are bricks yeah <laughs> Um, so moving, moving back to teams, I guess. Um, so we're in this place now where obviously teams adoption has skyrocketed over the last, uh, you know, well, since March, I guess. Right. And, and, and like, every time I look at the numbers, they're just astounding. I mean, last time I saw it was like 75 million, I think, but it, yeah. it's probably gone up since then. Um, what about the PBX side of, of teams? Are you seeing your experience or are customers using it? Is it something that people are actively getting rid of their whatever is left via mytel type stuff and, and using teams absolutely that's the case um not and, and pre-covid that was also the case that you know 
people are looking um, to move away from you know a fixed phone on a desk. Um, you know they want the be you know to the ability to you know have that you know their desk or their landline number, but be able to answer that call on their mobile if they're working from home or if, you know wherever they are in the world, they can sort of take those calls. Um, and especially now with COVID, where you know offices are either closed or running at a reduced capacity, there's a lot of desk phones sitting there idle, um, and people aren't able to use their their telephones. So yeah, absolutely, we're seeing a massive increase of people wanting to move away from. Um, traditional PBXs and move over to Teams where it just gives them flexibility that they can just use the, the number um, or whatever. And, and yeah, we, we are seeing a, a sizable uh, uptake in, in telephony. And, and not only is it um, people wanting it, but they're wanting it yesterday. You mm. know, they, they want it now. Um, it's, you know, with COVID, it, it's, it's, it's gone from being, uh, yeah, well, we'll, maybe we'll do that in 12 months, 18 months. We'll, we'll, we'll we'll ride out our PBX as long as we, you know, as long as we can. It's like, we need it now. We need, you know, we've got key numbers that need to be, you know, uh, terminating on, um, you know, users working from home. Our PBX can't do it. How can you help? So mm. absolutely. Fair enough. Yeah. So I think that's, I mean, that is, that is interesting, right? Because if you think about all of the logistics that go into a company just closing its premises, right? I mean, you know, it's easy to go, okay, well, guys like us, we've been, lightly working working remotely and i should say folks like us have been working remotely for a while um and so we're used to being able to just carry our number around with us whatever but if you think about the the situation where you know you have a uh some sort of inbound calling number or or reception number or something like that like the logistical and, and i had to think about this just the other day because someone asked me a question about they're like oh well we our, we have to shut up our office and and so like someone has to look after that phone number like what do we do with that right and, yeah, and it's absolutely. interesting right i mean if it's just a line sitting you know terminating in your premises that's going to be a lot harder to do i guess call forwarding is always an option right but still makes it much more convenient when you can do yeah something like that bring it into into teams absolutely yeah there, there's um yeah we, we're having customers at the moment literally just forwarding calls um, to to Microsoft Teams number just as a, as a, as, a, as a quick win, um, mm. you know, with with the with the prospect of moving those numbers properly and you know, porting those numbers at a later date. But just with time is the essence. They need to need to uh, to move across quickly. Yeah. So absolutely. That like you say, there's a lot of logistics involved with closing an office. Um, and telephony is absolutely one of those ones, that, especially when you've got things that you know emergency helplines and things like that that you know you can't have downtime you can't have people not answering the phone mm. um it, it is it is a key service really okay so sorry nick you go go ahead there yeah i wanted to ask you since you have the uh, the, the scary phone guy background and, and we say scary phone okay. guy because as windows people we, we look at like all the standards <laughs> that you guys just find so easy and codecs and everything else and it's like no, that's scary. So scary phone guy. So if you look at the, the commercial side of, of the house, if you look at the cost of a traditional PBX and those folks now moving over to Teams, do you find that there's a, a massive upside from a uh, moving my voice over to Teams point of view that those folks are getting that they couldn't get on the traditional PBXs of the world? Um, from a from a cost perspective, there probably is some say. I mean, there's obviously two types of telephony and teams. You've got calling plans, and then you've also got the um, the direct routing. Um, certainly, with direct routing, that there is um, 
a cost there can be a cost saving by moving to that rather than um sticking with the pbx you know coming up for renewal um and a lot of the times you know that they might be on e5 in which case they've already got phone system built in and i think recently it's been announced that in some regions there's also minutes bundled into the e5 that all of a sudden is like well we're already paying for it why are we not using it um so yeah we we, we see that people are like oh yeah it's um it's a win-win really we've already got the licenses we need to replace our pbx teams is the natural choice um when it comes to teams from a functional level fulfilling the need of the pbx um it's ever improving things like call queues and auto attendance are um getting better the features are being added almost all the time um there is obviously going to be cases where well my old pbx did this in a particular way we need the same and you can't always offer that but you might be able to offer something you know that the old pbx couldn't do that may be better um so it's it's always a balance between um managing what you can do and what they should probably do um with regards to pbx replacement but yeah i, I think a lot of people are like we've got licenses let's use it let's go but what about the people that don't have licenses i mean like i'm finding it sometimes that teams actually works out more expensive number one and i guess that that sort of like leads me to my next question is like so in south africa we've got no choice right we have to use direct routing yeah okay because <laughs> yeah. routing apparently is a bad word in some parts of the world um yeah. only in australia <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so like we we've got no choice, right? So that's the that's fine. Yes. I mean, but like if you have to consider what phone system costs on an E3, it's actually pretty expensive. I mean, you can get a hosted PBX number like through a little portal, and you can click, 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 and it's really not there. Yes. However, like if you have to look at core quality dashboard um, and the improvements that have been done there, your article, which was released. A month ago, or was it yesterday? No, a month ago, twenty no, second of June. Ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great article, man. Yeah. And you can't do that sort of like with a hosted PBX or something like that. And you wouldn't be able to get these sorts of statistics. And I guess having it all in one box. So my questions would be like, are there any features that you think Microsoft's forgotten about? Um, or I mean, like, I, I find that they're really, really like that team's admin center is getting packed full of stuff every day. And I think it's, I think it's going well, but I mean, do you think anything's missing? Do you think anything's like, do you think that direct routing should have been configured with the admin center by now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are adding <laughs> I mean... stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I think previously, certainly when it first launched, it was pretty much PowerShell is the way you need to do a lot of it. Only. Yeah. Yeah. PowerShell only. And, and now they've added things like normalization rules and voice routes. And I, I mean, I, I'm I'm a PowerShell guy, so I always generally still do it via PowerShell. Um, but I'm I'm pretty sure you could configure the whole thing for direct routing. Maybe not all of it, but I'd say 95% of it via yeah. the admin center now. And and I think you know that's intentional because they want um yeah, people that maybe aren't PowerShell um experts to to want to be able to just quickly click you know or, or even just make changes. They want to be able to click um, and make a couple of tweaks. Something like a normalization or you know regular expression. Not everyone's going to know what regular expressions are. They've made that easier where it builds the regular expression for you a bit like they did with Scott for Business Server. So there's a reason um, I failed my three 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 exam. Those damn regular expressions, yeah. man. Yeah, is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> different. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm not an expert in regular expressions. I do kind of get enough, but yeah, even so, even I think everyone 
still has to use you know, some sort of online tool just because I need this particular pattern um, and it's, yeah. When you break it down, it makes sense. But then when you put it all together it's and just look at a string, it's like, oh, hang on a minute, what's happening here? So much. Um, so, so, yeah, I think I think it's getting their admin center. I think with direct routing, they're adding um, pretty cool features like um, LMO, so local media optimization, where the media from the Teams client doesn't have to go up to Office 365. It can go Media bypass, local, yeah. Yeah, media bypass via the local SBC rather than having to go out and back in. So there are improvements. Um, I think there probably could be uh, improvements in the in the voice applications, things like um, uh, call pickup. So they they, they have a, a term I think it's called group pickup, which is kind of um, I wouldn't call it pickup group personally, uh, like you would on a traditional PBX. It's more it rings the if you divert your call to another user and their their phone doesn't ring, but it audibly flashes. That's classed as a pickup. Uh, call pickup that's not really a pickup group in my eyes but so there's things that i think they could potentially improve on um but i think on the whole it's yeah i think it's 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 um if someone was going we want to move off move away from our pbx we want to go to teams i really wouldn't have a hes- any hesitation in going yeah sure let's go i don't think they'd be like oh hang on a minute are you doing this or are you doing that with direct routing it just makes it, it kind of answers all those edge case questions around things like debt phones or analog devices or anything like that that you have to keep um and you couldn't do that with calling plans and all of a sudden direct routing gives you that extra option so i think both of you both of you guys have actually kind of queued up or segued the question i was gonna i was gonna ask earlier um which is how is teams differing in the regions though right and this was actually going to be a question to both warren and you lee because i know like here in the u.s we just take things for granted that like because when the feature comes out we just have it but but there are other regions, I know Australia, one of those regions as well, that sometimes lags a little behind what's possible, what's not possible. So, I mean, it, it, are we getting to a point where things are being released across everywhere, like all the regions now? Or Warren, you alluded to the fact that, that maybe in South Africa right now, you can only do direct routing. So there's no call plan mm-hmm. stuff available? No, so you see, so um, it, it's it's a, it's a complicated uh, thing because you see, in order to become a tel, in order to become a telco, you need like a telco license, right? Um, and like apparently, Casa doesn't want to give Microsoft one or whatever the case may be, so they can't like sort of legally be a calling plan provider, or at least that's sort of what they've said when they when when when. Microsoft gives you an answer about whether calling plans are available so, or not. So ICASA uh, being you know. the governing body for... Telecom- Correct, okay. yeah. Okay. Governing body for communications in South Africa. So, you know, like, yeah. So, but again, you know, the strange thing is, is obviously, and Lee, you can you could probably attest to this, is that even though calling plans are available in the States, I mean, when I was working at the, the Teams booth at Ignite last year, I got so many questions about direct routing purely because guys wanted to use their existing Cisco call manager mm-hmm. or they had this massive investment in an existing PBX that they couldn't just get rid of right now. Um, and they wanted to connect the two together and direct routing is the way, I mean, calling plan exactly. sort of, yeah. so, so direct routing is like sort of a more of a, like, like a multi-tier approach um, when it comes to, that sort of integration because these guys like they don't i mean you'd be surprised how many people like all over the world i mean like jabber jabber is such a thing man i don't know how or why but jabber is a thing yeah 
I've never touched it, but yeah. I, uh, yeah. It's for <laughs> free, though, right? It's, is it, no, that... it's not for free, it's not... no. It's, a, it's, a, it's an on-prem investment. Like, um, like uh, they use, yeah. And, you know, like I don't even know if they have a proper hybrid model um, as far as if you want to move from, let's say, Jabber to WebEx, which is, you know, hosted, and then you get your calling plan from WebEx. I don't even know if there's there's a hybrid model. Like, yeah, yeah. so I, I, I don't know. Yeah, so so on the calling plans versus direct routing, so calling plans available in, I think, eight countries. Mm. Um, I don't think any have been added for at least a couple of years, and I think Japan or maybe um, Australia were the last couple to be added. And in those locations they i think they had to partner with mm-hmm. certainly in australia they had to partner with i think telstra so telstra, microsoft yeah. don't actually provide the service telstra do and there's like a specific skew you have to have it's not your traditional um um license it's like a telstra based license um so that way they've kind of got around having to be a, provi- a provider in that location i think i think there's some I remember seeing somewhere that they're they're planning still they are still planning to roll out to other countries, but that like I say there hasn't been any for a couple of years. But even in the UK, we're finding that most people go direct routing, and that's because, like you say, you have a PBX and you want to do a gradual migration, or you've got an existing um, agreement with a provider that's you know you know too cost prohibitive to actually want to move away from it when you add on the calling plan cost. Um, and and typically, like I say, calling plans we're finding that people are rather put that money into an SBC and and, uh, and 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 stick with their current provider um and it gives them the extra flexibility um to to switch providers down the road and and, and whatnot so that's what we're finding which leads me to my next question okay is why audio codes like I'm also oh, an audio, audio codes, codes guy like I mean yeah. really like the, the great products and stuff <laughs> um however they're not cheap <laughs> <laughs> if you have to look no. at like a like a any node SBC, I mean that thing's like literally a tenth of the price. Is um, it really? I've never actually. Yeah. So um, I know. Ran, do you know Randy Chapman? He's he's talked about any mm. node before. Um, uh, he he works um where I do, and uh, I keep saying, oh, you know, you should have a look one day, and uh, you know, he's got a blog post about it. But it's not nearly as pretty. I mean, it, it, the console looks like AWS. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's um, yeah. I mean, to be fair, the audio codes UI used to look horrendous back in. No, it was bad, eh? Yes. Uh, and, yes. and so when people go, oh, it's really bad to like hard to use now. I was thinking, you want to use it like five years ago? It was something Terrible. else. Um, so yeah, I've never touched a ribbon. Um, what I think where I work, there's a kind of a fifty-fifty split between audio codes and ribbon. Um, ex- expertise. Um, I'm sure ribbon is just as good as audio codes it's just uh yeah I've, I've always been on the audio cards audio codes side of the of the camera um yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's difficult to sort of transition from one sort of um tele like sort of provider to the next because they are very different and I, mm-hmm. like if you look at interfaces and commands and what has to be run on a um and the way like the flows work and what one thing's called on the one side and one thing's called on the other side you can get incredibly confused i mean sometimes they don't i mean like on any node it's called a trunk right yep. but uh, audio codes doesn't really use the word trunk ever Unless it's ISDN, like, I think, yeah, which mm, technically is a trunk, it, but yeah, yeah, other than yeah. that, it's, it's... I mean, it's, yeah. They have, like, SRDs and SIP interfaces and all those... Correct. All those yeah. good things. So, um, so, yeah. 
this is a see this i've always wondered this and it's always fascinated me right i wonder if this is also a little bit of a regional thing because i know like ever since mm. i've i've lived here in the u.s it's always been audio codes right um er, er, like where i've worked in the past the, the, the guys don't even people don't even look at um anything else but when i was when i was working in australia every partner i ever worked for it was always sonos ribbon, or ribbon yeah. right, as they're now called so i i wonder how much of that is regional versus just i think um, it is it's yeah. interesting yeah okay yeah in south africa yeah. they use asterisks because <laughs> no. <laughs> it's free it, fine. yeah, yeah. Uh, so um <laughs> shifting gears just a little bit here i um so lee one of the things i think and and, and so the, probably the the reason we got to know each other was i was i was working on a project a couple uh, uh this would have been probably about a year ago now and uh, I was trying to do some funky stuff with like exporting conversation history out of Teams conversations, and and I was at the time the way I tried I was trying to do this was I had done um, a discovery search of the mailbox of the the team mailbox, yes. dumped that to PST, and then I was interrogating the PST uh, through PowerShell to try and pull the messages out, which okay. actually did kind of work. Except the problem was I couldn't figure out how to link the threads together, right? So I could pull out the individual messages but they would just be individual messages they weren't threaded in any way they just have funky guis and this doesn't yes. seem to be any key that links the, them together so i reached out to to greg sheridan and i was like hey greg here's what i'm trying to do I, I realize this is really weird but i have a specific use case that i need to work on and this is what i need to do and he was like oh um lee has a script for that i was like what really he's like yeah check this out and he sent me your your backup teams uh backup team yeah. script which then just blew my mind because it basically did everything that I needed to do. <laughs> and, and so um, I guess one of, the, one of the things that I wanted to, to kind of ask you was, you have a ton of stuff on your, on your blog. And to me still, it's the go-to resource for anyone who wants to do any PowerShell stuff with Teams. I always send them to your blog. Um, Commsverse, the, the, the virtual conference that was on a couple of weeks yes. ago, I actually presented a Teams PowerShell session at the conference. Um, and uh i demoed a bunch of stuff and i had like a whole block snippet of your <laughs> script in, which, which was okay. credit it was credited <laughs> okay. um but uh but i was and, and i kind of sent everyone to your blog i was like look if you need stuff that involves powershell and teams you got to go to lee's blog right uh did you do you have some sort of developer background i mean we talked about you coming out of the pbx world but the way um i think you approach a lot of the the, the coding i mean it's 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 actually pretty incredible and and you look at the stuff and you go this stuff was written by someone who is you know a full-time developer but that's not the case with you though right no it's it's absolutely not a full you know uh, there's bits you know that i would need to do it for paid work where you know we just need to script something or write a report or something like that but typically you know it has been i'm doing other how do i do something or i i'm doing this thing that's taking me a really long long amount of time to do manually how can i script how can i automate it and it, and it is purely just a uh a not a hobby is probably not the right word but it is uh just something i enjoy doing i like writing a bit of code um but certainly yeah i'm not a formal developer i haven't been on any training courses or um you know my job title isn't developer so right. um it, it's purely just um a passion for wanting to do it really and and yeah i, I quite enjoy writing a bit of code and and so before I think because I wanted to I wanted I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on the um the graph PowerShell SDK but before we jump into that do you mind just 
running down or running through a couple of the the scripts that you actually do have on your blog okay. just for folks uh, for folks who haven't come across your work yet and are sitting there going how am i going to solve this problem um because so so you have the backup team script right which is essentially mm-hmm. just goes and interrogates the the organ i haven't used it in, in in a little while now but it goes and interrogates all the teams in the organ and basically dumps all of the content into an archive right correct yes so um what it will do is it will you um log in so you run the powershell script you log into it and then it will list all the teams within your tenant and then you choose like okay i want to back up this team or you might go actually i want to back up all the teams um and then it will go through and it will grab the team it will download all the files within that team or the chat history um any settings that were you know set against the team um basically anything within that team um and puts in a uh in a a zip file like say including all the attachments and what it allows you to do then is actually um if you wanted to you could recreate that team on the same tenant or a different tenant and it would try and uh, you know put the upload the files back into the team and um if it's the same tenant would add the members back in and the owners back in of that original team um so it's it's a way So why do i need to go by f point then uh well you know <laughs> i'm don't. not actually i'm not offering any slas or anything like that he's at your own risk but uh but yeah i mean it, it was kind of just a it's I, I was just thought this should be something that's just built into yeah the admin center i should be able to just go right, i want to kind of yeah. capture this team download it as a file as a backup and then you know i've got that for 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 eternity and if that team goes bye bye by accident or whatever then then you've got a copy of it at a set point um so that's kind of the the, the need really there and yeah it was it was great fun um writing it to be honest with you it's um written in um powershell with i think it's just graph i don't think there's any uh, any um teams powershell yeah. it's purely just what? graph um but not the sdk that's impressive yeah. Yes, that's, that's awesome. And and so yeah. and and here's why I think it's so cool, right? Is because and again, I you know my 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 uh, history or knowledge on this is is probably about six months out of date now because I haven't uh, been doing migrations for a little bit now with my new role. But um, historically, there's there's a challenge. There's been a challenge in getting conversation history out of Teams, right? There, there's no real like um, API that you can query. Or at least there never there wasn't, I guess, at the time where you can query mm-hmm. to get that data out or to replay it. And so what I've seen certain vendors um, doing is their approaches that they 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 use. Um, there's a a Slack migration thing that they use to replay the co- the the conversations back, but you lose all the metadata, so you end up having the the author of the conversation of of every chat is whatever the migration service account is, right? And and what's what's what was what's super sneaky about that um, is is that when i saw this demo they had named their migration service account like a person's name like john smith and i was like hang on why is every conversation authored by john smith and i'm like oh no john smith is our service account like that's that's even worse yeah at least if it was like migration tool or something that'd be a bit more obvious to know that oh yeah this isn't actually exactly and i just feel like it's so sneaky because they they were trying to like I'm not accusing anyone of anything. I just feel like it was kind of a way for them to not pay, draw attention to the fact that the, and I picked up on it straight away. And so um, the other approach obviously is you dump everything into a file archive like you like you do with an HTML file that then can just be viewed later, right? Which which I think is is pretty, uh, sorry, go that's, ahead. That's why, yeah. So it's just a HTML file and it kind of almost looks like a conversation. You've got sort of the, the chat bubbles, if you want to think of it like that. And then you can kind of 
when you know you look okay let's have a look at conversation history you can either open an html file or if you restore that team or recreate that team i guess into into the tenant it will then be available yeah within that um team as 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 an html file that you can just open within teams and look at the previous conversation history so you're not kind of lying to anyone that you know that conversation took place naturally you know that it, it, the previous conversations were are in this file. If you do need to go back and and, and view them, so. Uh, yeah. But the, the the main reason for that is more just um, we want to look at a team. We want to look at the old conversation from a backup purposes rather than a recreation. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And it makes a lot of sense. But I I think there's definitely sort of an application for it in in uh, backup slash migration places as well. Right. Um. If you need to move between tenants or whatever, this is a really handy way to say where here's what we can do, here's what we can't do, and we can give you an archive of all of that stuff. Because sometimes the conversations in, within a team are not super valuable to anyone, like from a longevity perspective, right? Like everyone talking about their lunch order doesn't isn't something that the business needs to keep. But there may be some other conversations within there that are really handy. And so be able to get them in that archive is is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. Oh, there was another one. You have the just a backup teams config one as well, right? That just yeah, backup teams config. Yeah, so that that effectively does a um, it it uses the um, Skype online PowerShell, but you can also do um, the Teams online PowerShell now. But it it basically connects our PowerShell and downloads all the configs and all the policies and all pretty much any configurable option within Teams um, from a PowerShell point of view. And then you can download that and it puts it into a, another archive file. And in each type of, um, let's say, you know, there's a client policy or something like that, you can open the, the HTML file for that client policy and view it kind of in uh, in table format. So it's a bit easier to view than, than looking through a, a PowerShell um, export. Um, and what I've also done is included the PowerShell exports, the, the um, CLI XML files which means that you can then go back and compare a backup to a, a live service and then it will just go through line by line and compare any differences. Um, so if you make it, someone's made a change, you can go, well, let's see what it was compared to this backup I took two weeks ago. Hang on a minute. This 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 policy um, has changed and now this value that was set to true is now set to false. Son of a, he's going to get fired. That oak's going chiz. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's the whole reason you wrote it, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's all just my, for my own, uh, yeah. Just, 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 just keep an eye on things that aren't should be changing. Yeah. So, it was quite. How hard. difficult was it for you to get going with Graph and moving away from what PowerShell couldn't do to digging around in Graph, figuring out what you wanted to solve in terms of problems, and then figuring out how to put that all together. Yeah, it was a little bit of a challenge to begin with, just because at the time there was no PowerShell SDK and not being a formal developer, you know, having to work out things like OAuth and, um, you know, authorization codes and tokens and all that sort of stuff to to be able to log into Graph. Yeah, that took a little bit of time, but it was you know, worth it in the end. And it is certainly uh, something that I, I do find useful almost on a daily basis to, 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 to know about. So. Uh, but yeah, that that was the biggest challenge was kind of getting into Graph. Once you're in Graph, um, it it it's kind of just like any other API. Really, you're sending requests to an API with with a token saying, you know, I'm 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 allowed to ask this question, and then you're getting data back, or you know, you're push you're put or you're you're placing data or putting data in um in Graph, and and you know, you get a response back to to that. So um, yeah, that that was a bit of a 
from going from you know dedicated commandlets that you know already been pre-built almost having to create your own commandlets or your own sort of custom um connections and things like that yeah that that took a, a little bit more time not coming from that uh, you know uh, background very cool i mean so i'm gonna like go away completely off on a tangent tell me about okay. the spider-man in the background i'm a huge spider-man fan uh, yeah I, so i'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually into so my 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 my, my kids are. But I'm not really into super. Well, he's a, he's Spider-Man. a good guy. He's yeah, gonna grow up yeah. to be a champ. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I'm not really. Uh, yeah, I'm not into uh, super. Uh, yeah, I'm probably should be saying things like that, but um, I'll probably get kicked off podcasts and things. But yeah, I'm not really into superhero films, or uh, I've never seen Star Wars. Um, there's Whoa. a lot of things. Yeah, I know it's okay. Yeah. Okay, but then there there must be something that you're into, right? Like it can't just be graph. Yeah, no, I just watch graph movies. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, I just so yeah. you're a, you're a YouTube fundy. That's your thing. Yeah, yeah. I just watch YouTube okay. tutorials every day. But no, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I quite like documentaries and uh, yeah, science science fiction. I think <clears throat> so. I probably should watch Star Wars, but. Um, yeah, things like that. I'm, I, you know, I'm happy to watch that. But yeah, superhero movies. I've tried. I have tried, but they just don't do it for me. <laughs> so, so get, yeah. get, getting back to <laughs> slight tangent, squirrel. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, let's get back to get back to graph. I, I think what you've said is kind of exactly been my experience, right? Because I, like you, I, I don't really have any formal uh, development background, but I, I'm a massive fan of automation in powershell and i literally mm-hmm. like if if i could find a job where all i did was just powershell to like all day long i'd be super happy it was quite funny i was um this is just a little little story here nick and i were um at, at ignite one year and we were talking to a mutual friend of ours uh, um doug and, and i and i just met him and i didn't really know what he did and we started talking he was like oh i like powershell i said yeah so do i i wish i wish i could find a job where i just did powershell all day long and he was like that's my job. That's what I do. And he actually ends up, you know, um, running a whole bunch, you know, he had a company that he did, uh, started that built some apps and stuff and it was all PowerShell based, which is very cool. But I, I also found it really hard or really difficult to, um, when you start working with JSON and having to kind of pass and, and, and construct those queries, it becomes really difficult or, or can be interesting, right. Yeah. To learn. But then I, uh, you know, with the, the, the the um the graph PowerShell SDK that's come out um in the last six months or so yeah. that's made that significantly easier because now I feel like you have all of the graph magic uh without any of the you know having to construct um you know invoke web request uh <laughs> absolutely know, JSON yeah. right um at, how, how have you found that? I mean, I've, I've seen you've been doing some some work with it and on it, and I think you actually have some tutorial videos on your yeah, blog about it as well. Yeah, I think I have a getting started video and uh, and uh, just um, yeah, an accompanying blog post. Um, it, it's pretty good actually. It it takes away a lot of the like I was saying previously, where you had to work out how do I authenticate with Graph using PowerShell. Um, you don't have to do any of that. You you effectively type connect hyphen Graph and say what um so in graph you have these things called scopes which kind of like permissions what what do i want to have access to in graph you specify those um and then you log in with a device code like you do on other powershell modules and you connect it and that's it and then you can just run you know get hyphen mg user or something like that so it's always 
there's always an mg prefix bit bit like there is a cs prefix with skype and, and teams um and it effectively yeah takes away a lot of the the guesswork and and kind of having to construct like you say um json objects to to, to post and 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 when you're requesting data it's literally just writing that it it feels much more natural as from a powershell point of view rather than yeah. having to kind of create your own wrapper for for graph um no i think it's um it's very very useful really cool um i do probably need to put it into some of my scripts actually cuz i need to go back and and update them to use the module um but no it's super cool i don't think it's 1.0 just yet but it that they are working on it and um yeah it's improving all the time and it's super cool yeah i definitely the i i really like it and what i what i love about it is that i cuz i'm a i'm a mac user i can do everything on my mac now right like i don't i mean i still do but i i t technically i don't need a vm to be able to do things anymore because i can take i can access all of graph through this module that runs great in powershell core and i can do it straight off my mac and that was part of the demo that i did on the uh at, at commsverse was taking i took a script that uh another mvp nathan o'brien had written and i ported it to use or i ported as much of it as i, as I could uh to use um the the sdk and then i ran the one in windows and then I ran the other one on, on my Mac. Um, and it's, for one, it's significantly quicker, right, to run than, than versus the, the module. Um, but yeah, it's fantastic uh, stuff. I, I'm, I'm super excited by it. I, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit with the lack of documentation on some things because it's not, you know, it's not as easy to find if you, you know, if you want to interrogate a particular property somewhere to go and find exactly how you do that, you kind of have to dig through the, the API reference and then try and work it out. At least that's how I've been doing it but uh, for graph we're talking yeah. the module uh, no for, for the sdk for the sdk yeah so so the, the the sdk isn't sort of hand built it's 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 kind of auto generated right um i can't i think it might be called open api or something like that where they they use a, a, a method where it's kind of looking at a graph and working out all oh, right there, there's a there's a graph endpoint for user okay based on that i can create a, a list of commandlets to to wrap around that that api call so they're not having to write each commandlet manually because I think there are literally are thousands of them. Mm -hmm. um, so so you're probably going to struggle to get documentation like you would, let's say, with a traditional PowerShell module that's been written by someone. Um, it's it's So that's yeah where you're going to struggle, I think. You're kind of almost looking to look at the graph API reference to work out what the object is going to be when you, when you run your request um, and, and kind of work backwards from there, really. So yeah. it's... Uh, yeah, that's that's I, I guess that's been my approach of, of trying to kind of figure it out, and um, I eventually we'll kind of get to that way of thinking. I think it's just a it's a familiarity thing, right? You know, if you're looking to find anything related to a user, you'd be you know in the in the Azure module, it'd be you know get Azure AD user, and it's going to be a property in mm -hmm. there somewhere, but it doesn't it doesn't translate like that to the SDK. You can't do get mg user and see all of those same properties. Sometimes you have to query a different command. I found, but it, I think yes. once we start wrapping our head around that it's it's just going to be superb because um now it really becomes cross-platform and that's really good for me so any i, I want to kind of move any f future scripts i write or develop yeah, same here to to do that because yeah. it just seems to make a lot more sense so uh, as long as awesome. there's no xml as long as xml's out of the picture life is good yeah. i'll take json yeah. over xml any day <laughs> yeah no i think it's it's all moving that way isn't it it's 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 all json and open standards and I'm an XML is an open standard, but it's uh, yeah, everything's everything's heading that way, and and things like like you say being not fixed. Or I've got to use Windows PowerShell for this module. You know, 
I think slowly but surely that's moving away. Like in the the team's preview PowerShell module, they've added the ability to connect to Skype for Business, so you can use you can connect to Skype for Business PowerShell using Core rather than having to use Windows PowerShell. So they are moving there slowly, which is cool. So we're coming up to the the top of the show, and before we let you go, we'd like to ask you. What is it that you'd like to plug, either in terms of Twitter handles, blogs, um, anything else that you'd like to call out? Absolutely anything um, goes, as long as we get a cut of it. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you can you can follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is uh, Lee, the L-E-E underscore Ford, F-O-R-D. Um, my blog is lee-ford.co.uk. Um, I'm not sure else I've got anything else to blog. Uh, to, to plug other than my blog um, to be honest with you um, Twitter on my blog you'll probably find everything that I'm I'm working on really um, so yeah that's all that's it from me awesome cool well we really appreciate having you on the show and uh, you know um, maybe we'll do a follow up sometime kind of see how things are going and what you what else you're busy with but uh, yeah really appreciate you coming on and taking the time no worries yeah thanks yeah geez we got to talk about yo we got to talk about yo yeah, and we've got to talk about adaptive yeah. cards and we've got to talk about all that stuff. So yes, thank you so much for the time. No worries at all. Hey everyone, before you go, we just wanted to say thank you for listening. We really enjoy putting this podcast together for you every two weeks. Please visit us at thearchitects.cloud or alternatively drop us a tweet. We'd love to hear what you have to say. At the Cloud Arc.